What we do here is go back, 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 back. It does no service to creating value for people where I came from if I won't say where I came from. And so nobody thought any thought this movie was going to work, and it did. One of my greatest struggles as a journalist is that I'm an emotional person and I'm a sensitive person. This is Matthew Del Negro, and you're listening to 10,000 Knows. Guys, this podcast is built on the premise that hearing stories of struggle from people who most of us just think have it made is a way for the rest of us to realize we're not alone. If you've already subscribed on iTunes and you like what you hear, thank you. And please share it with others. You can take a screenshot of your phone while you're listening, post it on your social media, tag at Matty Dell on Instagram or at Matthew Del Negro on Twitter and Facebook, email it to friends, shout it from your rooftop, beat people up on the street and force them to listen, whatever. If you can leave an iTunes review, boom, I love it. Either way, I appreciate the support. I'm glad you're listening, even if this is your first one. And I hope you're as inspired by my guests as I am. Don't ever give up. I mean, life can be better and you are meant to thrive. And these illnesses are not your destiny, like these cancer and autoimmune. It's not your destiny. My guest today is nutritionist and cleanse expert, Alyssa Goodman. She's the author of Cancer Hacks, a holistic guide to overcoming your fears and healing cancer. We talk about how she combined holistic alternatives with traditional treatments to beat cancer and how losing her husband to cancer prematurely led to her mission to save others from suffering the same fate. Alyssa Goodman. What is it that you do or how do you define what you do? Yeah. You want to start? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what I do in in a nutshell is that um, my main emphasis is to get to the root cause of people's health issues. And that entails checking out emotional, you know, mental and physical aspects of their life that they're going through. So that is what's cured me of cancer and Hodgkin's lymphoma and Hashimoto's and celiac. And I could go on of all the health issues I've had in my life. It's crazy. But that those three components are crucial to tune in to the clients, tune in to whoever I'm talking to, to like figure out what's their life been like and what do they need for themselves? Like everybody's individual. So everybody has a different makeup. Some people are more anxious and more live in a more fear-based mode than others. And some are a little more relaxed and easygoing. You know, there's, there's all these different things that come into play with people's lives emotionally and the emotional component is so crucial for health, almost sometimes more so than the food. Really? Yeah. It's really been fascinating. When I ask somebody, you know, do you remember your birth? Did your mom breastfeed you? you Was it natural childbirth? Um, Like, what was life like those early years, those first seven years? The first seven years of your life, your subconscious is 100% downloaded. That I wish I had known that when I had kids. I didn't <laughs> yeah. know that. But you're making me real, right? I now. know. That's so um, I would have done things a lot differently. But we you and I today operate ninety-five percent out of our subconscious. Like we're barely conscious. So or ni- maybe it's ninety percent. Like we're we're barely conscious. So we we operate 
out of old habits and old thought patterns. And, you know, if you come into the world and it's not loving and nurturing and safe, and maybe it is, and then it because it doesn't because, you know, parents get divorced or deaths or, you know, people at school bullying you. There's all kinds of things. Um, then you kind of get into a fear-based mode. And that I have found has been like so fascinating because people, most people that see me live in a fear-based mode because they're constantly like, oh my, you know, they're not, they're not really realizing that they are because they're like, yeah, that happened so many years ago, you know, those bad things. And my parents got divorced when I was five. So why is it, why is it still affecting me? Um, but it does because we don't really know how much that subconscious rules us. Yeah. I have um, an acting coach who, by the way, when I'm writing things down and just taking notes, of what I love of what you're saying, um, I have an acting coach who um, has this Jungian approach, which a lot of it is dream work. And, and, I think Jung said that our conscious mind is like a cork bobbing in the ocean of our subconscious, which kind of Very puts a perspective <laughs> and it sounds like that's what you're yeah. saying. So how yeah. do you then um, apply that? Well, f- before we get there, actually, um, let's talk a little bit about your journey um, it's 10,000 no's talk about overcoming adversity. And one of the things I noticed was that your intro to, uh, nutrition in a way was through your mom and, and her mm-hmm. asthma. Could yeah. you tell us a little yeah. bit about that? Um, well, I was never a healthy kid, first of all. So I came in with a low immune system. So I got sick a lot growing up and, um, my mom was an asthmatic. So, and was very much like interested in health and wellness and also just a lot of things. She was very like, you know, she's just a really smart lady that was, you know, wanted to be in the know. And she found this place called Rancho La Puerta in Tecate, Mexico. And it was at that time, and they called it the fat farm. It might've been like a like a rehab place prior to it becoming a fat farm. And then now it's still around today. It's a spa. And it used to be owned by the Golden Door, those two, um, which is the Golden Door was a little nicer. So and this was, you were born and raised in Arizona. So this was like a Arizona. drive away. It wasn't this was like in Tecate, Mexico. So, so you drove there. She and- discovered this really early on and be, and basically ended up going twice a year and taking like 20 women twice a year. And she turned these women on to this place and knew the owner. And when I became, when I was like 15 and, you know, life had been a struggle because of my, I had sinus issues and tonsillitis and, you know, digestive issues. And so, and I was always getting sick if I spent the night out, you know, I was sick the next day. So she's like, I'm going to start taking you with me to this ranch. And it was seven days off the grid you know, in those days, you didn't have a cell phone. So um, you had one phone on the whole ranch. <laughs> so it's 15 years old, going to this place with old women that were, you know, 20 years or 30 years older than me um, was not so fun. You were the only teenager. I was the only teenager. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it was crazy. I mean, it was, you know, you exercised all week, you meditated, you, they grew their own food, your, you was a mandatory massage which was hysterical because they barely put a sheet on you and they slapped you around like meat. And those days, I don't know, you know, it was just a funny, it wasn't the same as massage today. Um, And the meditation, like as a 15 year old, you know, like that just seemed 
So I don't want to be with my thoughts like that. Right. Was, and yoga, and, you know, getting up at 530 and hiking up a mountain. I was like, this sucks. And I went off and on from 15 to 25. I only went probably five or six times. But it definitely... And your mom went twice a year that whole time? All time. Mm. She kept going for years. She just hasn't... She's like 88 now, so I don't think she's probably been in like eight years, but she went till she was 80. So um, yeah, it was pretty remarkable. And she also was one of the first moms to take out sugar, Coke, soda, bread, white bread in our house. Um, Sadly, it backfired for my brother and myself because we went to other houses and, of course, couldn't get enough of sugar. We became sugar addicts and all that. But it was like it did help me in the future. As time went on, I moved to New York after college and I worked in a very high, fast paced advertising industry. And I was sick all the time because New York, the weather, and I wasn't used to it, this Arizona girl, and as well as, you know, just not having this strong immune system and not really, you know, no one really helped me build that strong immune system. Um, And there was late nights and partying like crazy for 10 years. And I just, um, I realized, like, I started dabbling in and reading books and thinking, you know, there is a better way. I watched these women transform in seven days. They, My mom didn't need her asthma medication as much. These women that were anxious or not feeling good or not sleeping were, by the end of the week, fantastic. So you saw that I with saw your the own change. two eyes. Yeah, I totally saw it. But I didn't really equate the two till later, right. more in my New York days when I was feeling really crappy. And um, then I started dabbling a little bit in nutrition in New York, just playing around with it, trying to cook healthier, trying to be a little more vegan, not drink as much, try to cut the sugar out, you know. And then I got married and my husband was from the East Coast. And I said to him, you know, I he wants to move out to Westchester and commute into the city because we're starting to think about kids. And I'm like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I can't live this life anymore. It was too much for me. And so I said, we're moving west. And he's just said, the cold weather. And yeah. Yeah. And just the stress of the like the the energy of that city. I mean, I loved it because Phoenix was rather dull for me. So I did love the energy, but it wasn't good to be on all the time. Yeah. Like, and I still love going back there. I mean, it, it's funny. I don't love it as much as I used to because of that. But um, so I said, we're moving west. And he goes, New Jersey. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> A no. Further. Yes. And he'd never been to California. So I'm like, we're moving. I, we got to go to Sunshine. And we have to go someplace healthier. And then we move here and I get like in the advertising business, I get like a dream job working for Vogue magazine. And six months into Vogue, I get diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. You're 32 at this point. At 32. And I had- Totally out of left field. How did that go down? It was interesting how it was- Did you like, did you feel, did you not feel well or was it like a a yearly checkup and they- I never felt well, so I would never know what the like real symptoms would have been. Yeah. But um, I was getting a massage, and I was sitting up instead of laying down. And the woman was massaging my neck and my collarbone, and she found a lymph node on my collarbone. And she's like, you're not supposed to have swollen lymph nodes on the collarbone. On the neck, they're fine, but not on the collarbone. So she go, please go get that checked out. So I went the next week and then walked into the doctor and he didn't even do a biopsy or anything. He just looks at me and feels it. And he goes, oh, my God, 
it's cancer. I mean, really? Before we even like, yeah, it was it was such a crazy journey, and oh my god, I know. I mean, how do you take that? I mean, it was like a like just a huge like stab in the you know in the gut, like holy shit, what am I doing now? And I got it biopsied. It was an early stage of. Hodgkin's no non Hodgkin's lymphoma. I always get confused. My husband had non Hodgkin's yeah. Hodgkin's lymphoma, and I went to three doctors, and the whole process was really jarring because two of the doctors were like, "You haven't had kids yet, so we're going to freeze your eggs. Um, do you have a donor? Because you might have to do a bone marrow transplant, and you're going to have to do chemo for six months and radiation and all this stuff. So you know, let's get you prepared." I'm like, "Whoa, like." It's an early stage. It's like 1A was like an early, early stage. And this third guy that I went to who had met my mom in Europe and just so happened he was at St. John's in Santa Monica. And she was like, you got to go see him. And so I did reluctantly. Um, And he sat me down and he goes, you know, it's an early stage. And let's talk about your life. You don't look very happy. You also look massively stressed. And what kind of food do you eat? And what's your lifestyle like? Are you doing what you love? And I'm like, oh, my God. No doctor ever does that. They don't say that. They don't ask questions like that. And here's this radiologist oncologist asking me these questions. I burst into tears. I mean, I cried in his office for an hour. I'm like, I'm so unhappy. L.A. is not an easy place to adjust to. And Vogue sucks. Excuse me, Vogue. <laughs> it was like Devil Wears Prada. It was so stressful. Um, I knew I had signed on to something that my, I might not be able to like keep up with, and and it was hard to meet people. You know, like people went home after work, and it wasn't like New York where all our friends were. And I'd been there ten years, so and my husband had grown up there, so family and friends and everybody. So it was really hard, and that was a minute like the light bulb went off, and I was like, okay, I'm not, you know, I'm not going down that road with what the other oncologist said. I found a radiologist at where it was closer to my home at Cedars, and an older guy that was a little more integrative. We did half the radiation, no chemo, and I completely changed my lifestyle. Like I did start meditating. I went into yoga. I started eating vegan. And Mrs. Gooch's, it's Whole Foods today, was there. And that was like amazing, like heaven on earth. And there was Beverly Hills Juice, which was the first juice place in LA. And I was down the street from that. So I started juicing every day. And I I instilled those Rancho La Puerta, like, you know, tact. And I just, I tried to sleep well. I, I did colonics, I mean, acupuncture. I just went into everything I could go into to try to heal. And I did. To go there for um, for your own healing or also did you learn about them so you could then teach? Like, did you ever no. become an acupuncturist no. or any of that? No. but Yeah, you- just for my own healing. Yeah. So, because yeah. I, you know, it was scary. Like, it was really scary to be, to think that this all, all of these, you know, illness, like to be sick all the time and not feel good and then to have it culminate to cancer. Um, yeah. And I knew what radiation potentially could do for me for the future as well. It's not great for you. And also if I did chemo, you know, that what that would have done. Right. So, um, no, I just really wanted to heal myself. I just always, I always had this feeling as a kid. I grew up with very Type A parents, very successful. And 
because I wasn't feeling well, I always felt behind the eight ball. I always had low self-esteem, low self-worth because I couldn't keep up with the schedule of what they did. Those two parents of mine, they accomplished so much in their life. Like it was unbelievable. It was so great. Really? Um, what did they do? My dad what? was in the advertising business and he built the first communications company in the country, potentially the world. It was called Combined Communications. It was television, radio, outdoor, magazines, newspapers, and that company merged with Gannett in the 70s. So he was like up at 530, you know, making deals, like super, um, people loved him. He had a great personality and he was just really like a mover and a shaker. And my mom was massively philanthropic and involved in everything in Phoenix and Arizona. And And did you have siblings? I did. I had an older brother. Okay. So- um, How much older? Three years. So it was just like, it was a hard act to follow. Was was, uh, your older brother uh, more of a hard charger than you? Or were you both- so was it kind yeah, of like a we deal both, where you felt like, <laughs> did you feel like, together. did you have that feeling like, oh, I'm disappointing my mm-hmm. dad who, yeah. and my mom who are yep. both so. Constantly. Yeah. And do you think that they actually were disappointed or was that just a child's perception? They're still alive. So I'm not sure if I can answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that I think, you know, the generation is so different for us raising kids these days, but um they really did expect you to follow in the footsteps. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, we, well, they should be proud to we're know giving that you that before opportunity. Before you came here, they should be proud to know that my, the first thing I, you know, I jot down some some questions and I was saying, book, blog, TV show, how do you do it all? So they should know that yeah. eventually yeah, the little girl did become right. the hard she charger that they persevered through, yeah. yeah. So. I did. I had to go through a lot of roadblocks, but yeah, right. Yeah. I did get there and, um, and it was because of them. You know, I don't think that uh, I would have done so much and still kept, you know, charging my way through and not giving up. I never give up. Like it's, it's in my trait. And like what I say in growing up, I, I just never wanted to give up. And I knew, always knew there was like something better on the other side. I knew I had to feel better. I knew there was like a better life for myself. And I don't know, like I was just born that way. Like the half glass is half full. Um, I just knew there was something better than how things were working. So I think that's what has saved me is um, that innate gut feeling like I know things are going to be okay. And like, I know that life could be better. And if I keep moving forward and exploring all these different options, I'll get there at some point. Yeah. Which Which is kind of, it sounds like how you approached the cancer diagnosis. I'm going to keep taking steps forward. I'm going to see this person and that leads to this person, to this person. I'll get this treatment and I'll, you know, so you quit the job at at Vogue. I quit the job. After six months. No, I actually went through the radiation and then I went back to it and I got shingles and got really sick again. So I quit after that. And then, um, then I ended up getting pregnant and my husband was working for the Discovery Channel and so life started to get really busy, and then what did he do? He was uh, in marketing, advertising. Okay. He ran the West Coast. One of the people who ran the West Coast for Discovery when it first got started, like when they were starting, they were acquiring TLC and like Animal Planet and the BBC and all those things. Yeah, it was, so big job. It was awesome. Big job. Big job. Yeah. So he was super happy, and then 
we ended up going on to have like two kids. Um, but then 11 years after my diagnosis, he's diagnosed with cancer. So it was like, wow, cancer yeah. is not leaving me anytime soon. And that was like shocking because... And at this point, sorry to yeah, interrupt. At this point, where are you in your life? You have two kids. Are you working or are you home with the kids? Uh, you're feeling healthy? Yeah, I wasn't still following that really restrictive program that I did when I was, you know, trying to heal from cancer, but I was still healthier. So um, exercised and we did try to eat healthy, but um, yeah, I was home with the kids and he was full time working. So and, and then how did his come about? His came about, it was so interesting. Um, and I remember Thanksgiving, he had like a swollen lymph node on his neck. And he went to the doctor, the doctor gave him antibiotics. Um, it never went away. And then it was interesting, Christmas came around. It was like New Year's and he, we're visiting family and he's like, you know, for for. New Year's, I'm going to give you a gift. We're going to go get a body scan. And one of those, I don't even know if they're still around, those body scans. And we get, because he was worried about this lymph node. So we get body scan, the two of us. He comes out totally clean. I come out with like lesions in my liver and like all this other stuff. I'm like, wouldn't you know it? You know, start, and then I went back into that PTSD fear mode. Um, but then we come back from the holiday and the lymph node is bigger. And but it didn't show up. On it, the it did body not scan. show up on the body scan. No. Interesting. And the lymph node's bigger. He gets more antibiotics. Um, a month goes by, another one pops up. And how's he feeling at this point? He's, He's feeling, feeling fine. fine. Mm-hmm. And he looks fine. He looks He's like really you, you strong. look at him and you go, that, yeah. there's a healthy, in shape guy. Totally. How old was he? I know he was, he was 45 eventually, 43, but he was 43. 43. Yeah. And he. Also, he got up and did, did berries at 5.30, berries boot camp at 5.30, yeah. five days a week. Um, he loved his job. He, you know, he was definite. He loved, he played golf. He loved, he had tons of friends. Um, but he was really stressed. Like he, the stress was like eight. From work. Eight and eight. Yeah. He was a perfectionist. So he wanted to do it right. He had a sim, some similar traits that I did, that self-worth stuff that like um, self-esteem that that's probably how we got together, you know, but was, nobody would have guessed that. Nobody would have guessed I, that. I, aside from you yeah. that knew him so well, yeah. people would look at him and say, there's like he overcompensated. A, an extremely successful guy, yeah. super competent, fit all of yeah. that. Yeah. Who never got sick. He yeah. never was sick. He never even got a cold. So that was, we were all like, that's a little weird. And then, um, we fought, we did a biopsy on his tonsil, which is where that lymph node was, and it came back non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and it came back like um, two different kinds of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. There's all different kinds of lymphoma, and one was a kind that could be easily like treated. The other one was very fast growing and fast moving. It was like a large B cell and a follicular, and the follicular is the tricky one to like actually grab and kill off and all of that. So from the beginning, it was like, oh shit. Yeah. And we both went into fear-based mode. What stage was he? It was like a two, three, two, three. Really? Mm-hmm. And we went into fear-based mode and all of our friends went into fear-based mode and his parents and the doctors. And it was interesting. So um, 
I still look back going, wow, we never in a year and a half that he tried to fight this, we never got out of fear-based mode, which is why I was saying earlier, you know, in terms of dealing with clients these days, I just see how much that doesn't give you the room to actually get the body into a place of calm down the central nervous system, you know, get it into a parasympathetic mode where it can maybe reset, regenerate, replenish. So um, he was in and out of the hospital for a year and a half. It was, it was terrible. I'm I'm sorry. I know, you know, before we sat down, I know the timeline is that it's a while ago, but I I can only imagine it's still difficult to talk about. And, you know, I'm sure you've spoken about it a lot, but um, I'm sorry you went through that. Thank Um, you. It is. It's, it was really hard with for the girls because they were 10 and 7 when he passed away. So they were so young and um, he was the strong one. You know, he was he was the breadwinner. He was really he really made the family like tick. He was he was just amazing. He was an amazing guy. And the sad thing is his dad passed away when he was two of melanoma. Um, I'm not saying that, like, because maybe there was cancer in his family that he got cancer and passed away, because I don't totally believe that. But um, I think there probably was an emotional tie to that. He, he His dad had died of cancer, so maybe somehow, As you know, soon as he was diagnosed, mm-hmm, he, he went maybe, to that place. I think so. So a lot of people, I'm just trying to think of how to, how to phrase this, because I, I think that um, that idea of people going to a fear-based place, um, it's something that carries across every part of our life. It's not, it's, but it's interesting to hear you in this extremely heightened situation that that's almost like your number one, it sounds like your number one thing is get out of that mind frame. Could you speak a yeah. little bit more about, yeah about that. You would you say that that's yeah. the number one thing? I've, and and what's yeah. your advice to someone who is in, in the middle of you know a situation like that? Because it's easy to talk about it when we're sitting here in a room and it's like, "Oh yeah, okay, I'll get out of the fear-based head." But how do you coach your clients to uh to do that when they're in the middle of uh, craziness? Good question. Yeah, because it's like crisis mode. I mean, yeah. um, I co- I really coach them to really, you know, most people don't know they live in a fear-based mode. And most people don't know they go there because it's an automatic response these days. Um, I just experienced it this week for myself because I got hit with this huge tax bill. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to cut back some of my work stuff, you know, can't do the photo shoot, can't do this, whatever. And I was like, I went into a fear-based mode. So, and I just said to myself, okay, I'm not going there. Like take some breaths. It's been a lot of like, you know, just the meditation is huge these days for this kind of stuff. And that's why it's become so big. Um, Yoga is another fabulous thing. Anything to get yourself back in your body, not like, be way ahead of yourself down the road. Um, you know, it's about getting back in your body and breathing. So it's breath work. 
It's tapping is a phenomenal thing. I love tapping. Um, It's energy work. I mean, I've been working with energy healers for 10 years. They've changed my life. Reiki. Reiki. Energy, other types of, is yeah, it? I've done all of that. I've okay. done the energy work that I do now is really with people that they're psychics. I mean, they can tune into what's going on with you, like what you're fearing. Maybe you're fearing success. Maybe you're fearing illness. You know, maybe you're um, fearing something with the family or relationship. I mean, they can tap right into that immediately and go, okay, like I can see what's going on here. Um, And they have, I mean, it's hard to explain this kind of phenomena, but they have ability to release it from your body, from your tissues, from your cells, from your, they can change the thought patterns for you. Um, With with with, like physical manipulation uh, of the body? Actually, it's not even touching you. It's like, it's like an energy... These ener- I don't know how to explain this, but these energy healers who are really good can really not even touch you, but release energy. Um, and, I, you know, with their mantras or just with maybe things they're saying or whatever from your body. I mean, it's it's a hard I can't explain it. I don't yeah. know. I've been doing it for a while. And the ones that I've worked the best with just. Actually, when I leave there, I feel like I've had 10 years of therapy or I just feel so relieved, like I'm back in my body breathing and not worrying about a lot of the stuff that I have worried about most of my life or these thought patterns that aren't serving me anymore, you know, that are old and antiquated and not getting me to that next place, whether it be health or relationship or whatever it is. You know, it's, I think that um, we have to tap back into our past and our history of really, you know, what kind of stuff we've grown up with and what has put us into a place of, you know, why are we afraid of, of, success or money or, you know, dealing with these things. I mean, everybody has them at some degree, um, but we have to be, we have to become more conscious. And if we go to somebody that says, this is what seems like you're, you're fearing and you're, you're, and I'm always like, wow, that is exactly what I'm thinking. Really? Yeah. So now I just, I do my own mantras where I can, you know, like bring like, down from the top and through my head and into my heart and like pass it out through my my clients and my cleanse and my family and myself, you know, in terms of just keeping my feet grounded. It can be as simple as that, like and breathing and going, wow, wow this is, you know, I'm I really want good things in my life and I really want to not be worried about um, I want abundance yeah. I want love. I want intimacy. And I think to get all of that, we have to be really, you know, in a, in a good place and up for ourselves to, to, to receive it. To receive it. Yeah. I don't know if I answered the question. No, you totally. <laughs> I don't even remember what the question was, but I love what you're saying. <laughs> I no, know. It's, it, it's I, I think I was asking how very you. No, no, no. I, you did. Because I, I, I think I, I asked you um, how, when someone's in crisis mode, how do you suggest that they they get into this non-fear-based head or yeah. mindset. And um, it sounds like get you, what, what I was struck by as you're talking is you, um, you know, as we talked about, I'm from the East Coast. I feel like all the, the, 
the East Coast in me, whenever I talk, and I've had a lot of these conversations on this podcast, whenever I'm talking to someone, they're talking about meditation or Reiki or energy. And and I've dabbled in in some of this stuff, at least as an actor. Um, yes. I told you I was doing dream work. You know, it's, it's something yeah. that's necessary to be in touch with your instrument. And yet the East Coast side of me is like, man, you know, friends back home listening to this are like, oh, what are they talking about? Light coming into you, you know, and yet you're, you're, you seem very pragmatic. You're a, a businesswoman. I mean, you've got this kind of empire building. You've got, you know, we talked about it before, I don't know, 50,000 Instagram followers. And, you know, I see your feed and it's like, you know, comments that like a mile long. So you're, you are a mover and a shaker. You're very much in this world. And I think the, the kind of stereotype or the cliche when people kind of, um, are skeptical about energy working, for example, it's, they think, oh, someone's like, you know, walking around in robes and like, you know. Yeah, you're doing ayahuasca. And I'm, yeah. And, and I don't think <laughs> that that's, I don't think that that's really the case. And it, it's, it's kind of, it, and, and I think in society more and more, you know, you start to you start to see athletes meditating and people have realized the mind-body connection. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's fascinating huge. to hear you speak yeah. about it. It's crucial. Like it's, it's in order to really be the healthiest, I think for me, I know to thrive in this life and that's what I want. And that's what I want for my clients is you have to have that mind-body connection and you have to go to a place and start loving yourself. Like, you know, years of self-doubt and self, like low self-esteem and low self-worth, you know, do a number on somebody. So, and I, I know, cause I lived it. Um, so to get to a place to love yourself and really value you as a human being and what you have to offer the world, because we, we all have something to offer the world and um, to go through life and not, really tap into that is is sad because we I think we're all super special human beings and we do have, you know, whatever we choose to do, we do have a lot. And that's what I think is the biggest, loving yourself is huge. Like, and most clients come in and I'll ask that question and most of them say, you know, I just never think about it. Like it's, you know, I don't think I do. I love my kids. I love my husband. Yeah. But it's like myself, like, People still think like loving yourself is like selfish. Yeah, there's definitely um, there there is for me. There's still a stigma about that. And I had somebody recently who was kind of um, kind of guiding me with something to do with social media, and she said, uh, she said, you know, I notice what you do for the guests on your podcast. You make them look so cool. You know, the pictures or whatever it is. She's like, but you don't do it for yourself as much. And so I've tried to consciously do that, but there, there's a kind of, you feel weird. You're like, okay, so I'm going to put some picture of me that looks cool. Doesn't that seem like... Egocentric. Yeah. And, it, and I agree. And I yet, feel the same way. You know, and yet for business, they're right. I know. You know, you, yeah. you, you, you do kind of, so there, there is something and there, there's something definitely in me that, that has that you know, you don't want to be too big for your britches or you don't want to, um, yeah, you don't want to brag in some way. You don't, I I don't know, but it's, it's interesting. How do you, so, so when, when a client says that to you, um, that they're having a hard time doing that, 
how do you kind of how do you frame it for them so that they are, are more Turn able to love themselves? To, yeah. yeah. Well, we really like. I mean, what I try to do is be like a huge support because I like I just was saying earlier I can I didn't love myself. I mean, I was saying I'm 58 and. I can't, which by the way, <laughs> you guys can't, can't see Alyssa, but I, I was like almost fell off my, the chair. I wasn't in a chair. If I were, I may have fallen off. Can't believe 58. I, you look so thank young. Thank you. Thank you. But I didn't start loving myself till maybe three years ago. So at 55, you know, so I don't want these people even in their thirties or forties or even my girls, you know, at 20 and 23, like I want them to love themselves now. I don't want them to wait to 55. So it's, that's not okay for me. So what I do, you know, I talk to them about a little bit about, you know, what happened to me and how much that, you know, I didn't, that it just, I didn't ever get to the place I wanted to. I was just surviving in every aspect of my life. So we talk about that. Like, do you, is that what you want? You don't want to just survive, do you? And they're like, absolutely not. I'm looking to thrive. So it's, it's, you know, like we talked about, it's, it's therapy or it's healing or it's something that you connect to, you know, finding a passion or purpose in your life. Um, That all helps. And also I know for me with my, like, the girls are such a big, like they're my Buddhas in the road. And so to watch them navigate through this crazy life we live these days, um, and especially living in, growing up in LA and yeah. I'm sure New York was not much different, but maybe outside the city is a little slower. No, yeah, slower. I was in the woods. It was right. way slower. It, so, it was right. quiet and slower. I was. LA yeah. is not slow yeah. and the private schools and all this stuff. And just like, so it, I really like what I do, like I said earlier, is like I'm just sending lots of love to them so that when you send love to another human being from your heart and they feel it, it's like a huge like interaction of, you know, they can't help but not feel that. And so they basically like go into a heartfelt place with with that love you're sending. I mean, they're like, wow, why do I feel so good with this person? Or why, you know, now, do you mean sending like physically just with your yeah. actions and behaviors with them? Or do you also mean Mental. almost in prayer and like, even when you're not with them? When I'm not with them, I'm always like sending them love. It's wild. Do you know how the, the energy works in the world? Like I would send somebody love that I'm thinking about and they call you on the phone <laughs> five minutes later. Yeah, It's like that. It's like people feel that kind of love. And then they also, I want them to like emulate me. Like I, I want to show that I could show up in the world in a really great way. So so I, does that kind of uh, keep you, hold you accountable with your kids knowing like, okay, I need to, rather than just telling them what to do, I just need to show them right by, by how I am. It's been like, complete lifesaver, like with our relationship for the three of us. Um, and they, they just seem to, they have just prospered ever since all of this started to come together, you know, in terms of really having more self-love and having the, you know, integrity and authenticity and living that way, um, along with really fun, healthy food and juices and, yeah. you know, great, 
stuff that is, you know, is going into the nutrients at a cellular level, that combo has like changed all of our lives. And I just watch them. My older one comes over like, do you have that green juice ready? You know, (laughs) so and and she'll text me in the afternoon going, what's in that thing? Because I feel amazing. So that's what it's all about. It's just it's about like vibing with know what's what's right for you yeah um and i think that we it's just like talking about live food or dead food right it's it's like live food really does fill you up and energizes you and you know those live enzymes are potent for your body um to heal a lot of things that are going on it's the same thing with energy you know beautiful loving energy is going to do the same thing right so i feel like those two things are like really been like what has transformed my life? Huh. Now, you, um, I don't know how, you know, a couple of questions. I don't know how much into the nuance I, we want to go with the foods and your philosophy, your philosophy about food and nutrition. Or uh, I also want to ask you, like, just business wise, it sounds like, so you coach. The, the coaching, how would you describe that? Is it, are you, it doesn't sound like just you're a nutritionist that somebody goes to to talk about their diet. It sounds almost like an all-inclusive kind of, um, yeah. I, I don't want to call it life coach, but is it? That, sort of. Sort of. Sort yeah. of. I mean, I just call myself holistic nutritionist, okay. but I am very like, I know that I want to help them emotionally because most of the people that come when they sit down across from me, like their head is one place and their body's on the other side. Of, like, like it's a couch. So heads over here, bodies over here. And I'm like, ooh, they're so not connected. Yeah. So to connect them is really crucial for me. Um, and I asked those questions we talked about, like, what was your birth like? You know, did your mom breastfeed you? Was it a loving, nurturing environment you came into? Like, did anything happen to you traumatic-wise in those first early years? And not just the seven years, but, you know, just most of your life. Like, anything happen. Um, and all of my cancer people had trauma. Like, bad trauma in their in those first seven years. Yeah. Really, it's wild. Um, autoimmune, too. There's, like, a lot of stuff that's gone on traumatically with people. Like, because it's all... It's very... All these diseases are stress-related. They're, you know... They're just, they're not, there's this amazing book out called Radical Remission. This woman, her, did her PhD for 10 years and she interviewed stage three and four cancer clients or patients across the world. And she basically came up with nine different modalities of how they heal themselves, Eastern and Western. And um, two were food. One was food, one was supplements. Seven were emotional. Huh. So, I mean, that book was like, whoa, like that was so. And what year did that come out? That came out just a year and a half ago. Okay. It's fairly new. It's like radical, like, radical remission. remission. Okay. And it's so cool for not just cancer, you know, for any kind of health issue. So um, I do ask them, like, what's your stress level like? Are you happy with what you're doing? Do you love what you're doing? Do you love your husband? Do you, you know, what's going on at home? Um, it's like an hour and a half. And by the end, and then I talk, we talk about food and what supplements you're taking and, you know, what what's a typical day like and all of that. And then by the end of that session, they're telling me, they always tell me what they need and what's wrong. And it's same thing, I think, you know, maybe with therapy, but like they, you have all the answers. 
Yeah. Like I'm just listening and tapping in, hopefully to you know that more and drawing out more like like how to go down a road where we can really get to the core issue. But um, they tell me, you know, like this is what's wrong. This is what happened. You know, like everything kind of comes to light. It's so wild, and I'm like, see. You have all the answers. Yeah. Like you really, you don't have to hand yourself over to the doctors, you know, or, or even to me. And so my goal is not for them to, ha- to, you know, have them rely on me. It's for them to like go back to like trusting themselves yeah. and their instincts and their gut. And which sounds like that was the thing that kind of, uh, I think I even, I wrote it down before, which was, you know, trusting your intuition over, you know, the doctor's opinion. Absolutely. Now, with respect to doctors, I mean, because, <laughs> totally, because there totally. are sometimes I, I think people get a little, you know, there there's the other side of the spectrum where people go on WebMD <laughs> and they, you know, they think they know everything and they don't need to talk to a doctor. You're like, well, the doctor is actually smart and they did go to medical school and they did do their, you know, they. they True. So uh, I it, love it doctors. Like you ha- yeah. It sounds like you have a combo, though, of, of, of yeah. traditional treatments as well as holistic. Yeah, because um, I've done both and I did the meds. Like when I got diagnosed with Hashimoto's hypothyroidism after the cancer, um, I was on meds for 21 years. And then this is another fascinating story. Two years ago, I read this book written by a medium. His name is Anthony William. And he's called The Medical Medium. Um, he got big a couple years ago because Goop did an article on him and he came out with his first book. And he's written three books since then. And I read the book and I'm like, he talks about mystery illnesses and cancer is one of them and autoimmune is one. And like ton anxiety, depression, they're all mystery illnesses because doctors don't really know how they originate, um, maybe even Alzheimer's or dementia, all those things. And he talks about how we have like toxin load in our body. And we, when we grow up, when we're growing up, we get viruses, we get mono, strep, tonsillitis, chicken pox, you know, all these things, herpes or whatever. And we take antibiotics from them, but the antibiotics don't kill or off viruses. So they lay dormant in the body and they go into the organs because organs love toxins. Like they party like crazy with all the toxins in there, like, you know, heavy metals and pesticides. And, you know, we've been exposed to a lot in our lifetime. And he said that if, you know, the viral loads when they get and toxin loads, when they like get too you know, too much for organs and tissues in the body, that's when the body starts to break down. That's when inflammation and happens. And that manifests itself through these... Exactly. Then these illnesses. illnesses. Right, right. And I put the book down. I was like, oh my God, you know, I had all these illnesses and I ended up do, make, making a call and doing a session with him. He doesn't do them anymore, which is so sad. And he, but he's in Florida and he's a medium. And again, like this sounds so LA and woo woo, you know, to those East Coasters or those Midwesterners to be like, oh my God. And in an, like our conversation, he said, uh, you have, you know, Epstein-Barr in your thyroid and in your liver. And he basically said, if you don't do something about it, you're going to have a serious health issue. You are really in not good shape. And I was like, okay. I, you know, and I was doing the nutrition thing and I was gluten-free, sugar-free, dairy-free, you know, doing everything that I knew how to do. I felt good. I didn't feel great, but I felt good. And he puts me on a simple protocol to lower my viral load. And in three months I go off my, on my um, thyroid medication. And I, what is a protocol to lower your, so it was interesting. It's like a little bit different for each of us depending on like 
our situations. Mine was bioactive silver. Silveron has this bioactive silver. It's the Erewhon and Whole Foods and online. It's like everywhere. It's an anti natural antibiotic, antifungal, um, antiviral. It's great. I mean, if you're getting sick, it's like a fantastic thing to What's take. What's it called? It's called bioactive silver. And it is a metal. And that kind of freaks people out, but it's not it's a it's not the kind of metal that stays in the body. So colloidal silver is a different whole different story, but bioactive is fantastic. He put me on that. He put me on this like concentrated zinc that was, um, it also is a little bit of uh, antiviral, but it also builds the immune system. It protects the organs from viruses. He put me on like a little bit of iodine for my thyroid and liquor shoot extract, which is amazing for adrenals. These were all liquids. And he's very particular about his brands. Like he's like, he hates most brands. I shouldn't say hates, but he doesn't like <laughs> most brands out there because of the fillers and the synthetic stuff and just stuff that's in them. So he loves liquids because they work so fast. And these are like things that have been around for centuries. Like the stuff that he, he put me on like ester C and lysine. That was my protocol. And that was it. And that lowered it three months. Lowered, lowered. I felt great in three months. And then I weaned off my medication with my doctor and it's been two years. And I, that's, and it was, and I, I actually stayed on the protocol for a year because he was saying, you know, 21 years on meds and like everything going on in your body, the radiation from my cancer treatment and, you know. It's all kind of lying dormant. Totally. He's like, you know, you're. You've also, all of us take over-the-counter Tylenol, ibuprofen, all that stuff like crazy, right? You know, you have stomach aches, whatever it is. I mean, headaches, migraines. I mean, we take that stuff like it's nothing, but it's toxic because it does build up in the system. Um, And so he, and then radiation from flying and then I had double the radiation from, you know, the cancer stuff. I mean, so he's like, you have a lot of stuff going on there. So I stayed on it for a year and I dabble in it still because I think it still makes me feel great. But, and so that's what I've been doing a lot with clients lately because I'm now writing a book on autoimmune Hacks instead of cancer hacks. So tell them the name of your book, Cancer Hacks. Cancer Hacks is the name of my book, came out two years ago. I think it is. It'll be two years in July. So, um, and then now I'm going to write autoimmune hacks and sort of how I heal myself from autoimmune is the fastest growing illness today um, here. So I believe in all different modalities, a long winded way of saying like, I love, you know, if you have to be on meds, I totally am for it. You know, anxiety, depression, thyroid, I'm totally for it, but there are also alternatives to help you, you know, get stronger, lower those toxin loads, build your immunity, you know, get you back sleeping and getting the stress down or the anxiety down. I mean, there's like amazing stuff out there. And I was part of his practitioner group for like a year, this medical medium. And then he, he stopped doing it, but it was fascinating because there were doctors from all over the world in this group. And like, it was, I learned so much. So he sounds amazing. His his name is Anthony William. Yeah, Williams. Anthony William. Oh, William. William. Okay. And uh, yeah, he's coming out with his like fourth book, um, all about the liver. Well, you're you're kind of my, one of the questions I had before you got here was, uh, you, you know, when I speak to someone like yourself um, who is so well versed in nutrition, or if I speak to someone in the fitness world who's got very extensive knowledge and research. 
I, I always feel like the biggest problem to the layman is, well, who do I trust? How do I know that that's what you say this? I go down the street and, you know, this other woman is telling me the exact opposite. So how do I know? And it sounds like you, your TV show is kind of your recommendations of people that you respond to and you kind of endorse in a way. And what's the, it's called it's the called Alyssa Goodman show. Alyssa Goodman show. It's on Focus TV. On Focus TV. Yeah. Okay. It's on YouTube. And yeah, we were talking earlier about how the, the wellness um, arena has exploded. Everyone is getting into it. Um, rightfully so, because we all need a little help. And uh, especially with, you know, what's going on in the political arena as well. Like everyone's stressed and yeah. trying to figure out, you know, like what's going to happen um, with along with everything else going on in our lives. Right. Yeah. So um, it's exploded. Yeah. So I just try to like expose the people that I feel are real, the real game changers in this space, like movers and shakers. Because and, you see some charlatans out there or mm -hmm. people that or, or maybe not even maybe they're well intended, but they're not necessarily. Exactly. Uh, uh, qualified and yet they're bringing people in and maybe giving them bad advice or bad. Yeah. Um, I just want, I really want, you know, I know, I think like going back to trusting your gut, I think that people, if they, if they were able to really step back and like take some time to like get in their body and breathe and really get in touch with their gut, they, they know, excuse me, who's the right person to go to and who feels right. But I think we've just lost touch with our instincts and our intuition. You yeah. know, we know when we walk down the street and we smile at someone and say hi, like, ooh, that's a nice person. Or we walk down the street and that person isn't so. You know, we we just, we feel it. Yeah. But I don't think we use, we don't trust ourselves enough. Yeah. So, Do you feel like with your your husband that that was... Do you feel like that happened? Because it sounded like you trusted your instincts with your own diagnosis and that maybe maybe you guys didn't trust it. Were your instincts telling you something else? And then but you went with that because it was like, no, this is tried and true. This is the thing that we're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. We went with that because that was what, you know, he handed himself over to the doctors. Um, and it wasn't like, it wasn't his fault, but I, I tried to intervene to see if we could give him a break of this. He had two bone marrow transplants in a year and a half, which is a little bit unheard of, you know, like, I don't know too many people who survive, like one is really rough on your body. Yeah. So, and I was asking the doctors, can we just give him a break and like try to build his immune system back up? There was never a time where he had a break and he was scared too. And they were scared and, but they just thought because he was young and strong, they could just keep blasting him and hoping that that cancer would go away. Um, but they just laughed at me, you know, I wanted to give him multivitamins or, yeah. you know, we did feed him as healthy as we could, but at the hospital, the food was shit, really. They were having him drink Ensure and, you know, he's eating mac and cheese. Yeah. So um, it was a little, like it was a conflict. You know, I was a little bit of, um, they didn't, doctors didn't like me, like trying to help out in that way. And then I think that he was terrified. So yeah. he just, he felt like, wow, I don't know if I should trust you. And rightfully so. I don't know if he, you know, really, I don't know if I was in his situation, if I would have maybe trusted him. I hope I would have, but yeah. I'm not sure. So, yeah. Um, well, it's it's a tough, it's a tough call because, you know, the, 
who who's to say and you don't and you don't you know. know what would have happened the other way and True. you know had you treated it differently and you know there there are it sounds like there's a a combination of approaches and that, that it probably wasn't like you throw out the doctors completely but you also shouldn't be throwing out your yeah. methods completely you know it's yeah i mean there in that book, it was interesting. There was this guy um, who had stage four brain cancer and the doc- from Boston. And the go- doctors basically said, you know, we can't operate. We can't do anything. So get your fares in order. And he did something really radical. He went down to, is it the John of God in Brazil? You ever heard of? The I son- don't know. Not the Son of God, know. John of God. There's this guy down there who performs um, surgeries without actually doing surgeries. There's this crazy guy, I know. And he went down there for like a year. Might have been a little longer, but he went down for a year and he meditated. A lot of us can't do that. So this is, but he, you know, his life was at stake here. And he he went there and meditated for a year, came back, the brain tumor was gone. Like, you know, there are massive amount of stories like this, like, like placebo, like where people go in for radiation and their tumor shrinks. Like there's medical universities across the country who have study after study after study on these, you know, just like getting into that thought pattern, like my cancer is going to go away or, you know, I'm going to heal this or where they do heal. Yeah. It's why, I mean, I think it's a combination, you know, both, but he did. He he healed and he's fine today. And it was stage four brain cancer. That's a great story. So like... We were talking earlier, I mean, like when you get into a place where you feel like, oh, so down and out, like I can't do this, right? And I don't feel good. And then you think about someone like that. Um, If your life was on the line, you know, you probably would do something that was like radical in the regard of to really get yourself back. Yeah. So. Yeah. Unless you, unless you just felt like, you know, life wasn't worth living or. That's a whole morbid way to right. think about some, right? Like some people just like think that ah, I can't do this. It's too hard. Yeah, I feel like that. That seems like what it what happened when people are battling. You hear stories of people have been you know battling for so long, and then they just right. kind of give you know, up. Decide, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can understand that too. Yeah. So, um, so w- you you do seem to do a lot. I mean, you coach. You have the TV show. You uh, you speak as well. Yes, you speak publicly. Um, you uh, you have a blog. Yeah. Um, very <laughs> I, dynamic. I, how, yeah. I, so how do you do? Let me. Oh, let I have me, a soup cleanse. A soup cleanse. Yeah, that's like your. That's actually kind <laughs> that's of my your, baby. Um, that's kind of like the main thing. It actually has right? become a huge thing, um, which I never thought it would, but. When I graduated from my program, Eastern and Western Nutrition, um, I got hired by Cafe Gratitude to put together a cleanse for them for like three and a half years. And I love them because they launched my career. And then a year into that, M Cafe asked me to do a cleanse as well. It was like a macrobiotics cleanse. And I'm still doing that, actually, but um, it's kind of running its course a bit. And then Erewhon, the new owners of Erewhon, Asked me to do a cleanse for them, so I had three Huge. cleanses going, which I knew nothing about cleansing. Now, is there a new Arwan in Santa Monica? Did I just hear? Yeah, that? it's yeah. amazing. Okay, I think my friend lives it, it, close by. Nearby. He just yeah, he had some soup from it the other yeah. day. Yeah, I mean the new owners, 
been, I think it's been four years, took over. And it's the, it's the premier health food store in the country. Yeah. It is unbelievable. So how does that work? When they come to you, first of all, when the original, uh, who, who came to you first? Cafe Gratitude. Cafe Gratitude. How did they hear about you? What, what was that? It was a friend who brought it down from San Francisco and has made it really to what it is today. Um, she just saw it up there and she said, wow, we don't have anything like that in LA. And she was into health and wellness and she brought it down and now has built, you know, there's a group of people now have, you know, built it up into this great like vegan restaurant, but it was super easy because it was like juices and smoothies and, you know, great vegan food and raw food and so, and I handheld the cleansers for a while on that. It was a five-day cleanse. And because of my mar- advertising marketing background, I put all the materials together. So that was kind of easy. But And the cleansing was easy because their food was cleansing. So I learned a lot with like handholding these cleansers with this, with this. And then M Cafe was the same way. It was, you know, it was more about how I ate M Cafe because I eat cooked and raw and I can't have all raw and I can't eat vegan solely. So I have to have some animal protein. Because I'm not very grounded. <laughs> so I, I feel like animal protein grounds me. Um, so d- d- just uh, talk about a cleanse. I mean, there, I'm sure there are people listening that are, you know, are following you. And they're like, why is this guy asking these basic questions? But um, then there are also people listening that, you know, have never done, done a, cleanse, a cleanse, have never heard of a cleanse. I've never done a cleanse. Right. I've never. So it's. Really, a cleanse is um, people think it's about like juicing, you know, for days or just drinking water for days. Like um, it's it's not for me. It's not about that. That's deprivation, starvation. Um, um, Cleanse for me is about taking sugar, gluten, dairy, processed, trans fats, you know, GMO, like crappy food out of your diet and eating real, going back to nature, eating food that, this sounds so weird, God made, so to speak, you know. So um, your body knows what to do with it. It knows what to do with that, with real food. And going more and eating a lot more veggies because we don't eat enough veggies. Um, and my soup cleanse is the 45 different veggies that the cleansers get in five days. So it's salads, it's soups, it's tonics, it's a homemade protein bar, fermented veggies, it's like pumpkin seeds, hemp seeds, all this stuff, because I don't want them starving. I, I know what it's like. They just It's just really anti-inflammatory eating for five days. And soups are great because they're kind of like juices or some smoothies where nutrients don't have to be digested. So, you know, you don't have to work so hard because um, our digestive systems aren't in the greatest shape. So they go right into the cells and right into the bloodstream and like do their thing, the vitamins, the minerals, antioxidants. Um, so it's amazing. And, and how does it work? Somebody purchases the cleanse and then they just are delivered these mm-hmm. these items? Yeah, they purchase. For me, for my thing is... Um, um, it's twice a month because it's we do about 45 to 46 people on the five days of the week. And it's a lot for us because we cook and actually deliver it. We deliver like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday on Sunday night. And we deliver Thursday, Friday on Wednesday night. And we also do bone broths too, homemade bone broth. Um, so it's a, they get a lot of, they get a detox tonic, they get a homemade protein bar, the bone broth, the salad or the soup for lunch, the fermented veggies, the soup for dinner, 
and the latte f- after that. And these same people That's do this day. twice a month. Um, no, n- you some do it twice do. a month. Oh, well, I do. I cook and deliver you, it. Yeah. yeah. And then um, we have a lot of people doing it, you know, twice a month. And we have a lot of people doing it once a month. And it really is for people who just want to reset. Yeah. And by the end of five days, like I was saying with the Rancho La Puerta days, and I see a complete difference in people. Like just taking the sugar, dairy, gluten out of their diet, they're more energized, their mental fog is gone, they're sleeping better. Um, They're like shocked that they eat so much because the soups are 16 ounces. I mean, it's not like we're just giving them little eight ounce things or the salads are huge. Um, They lose weight. So they're like, they can see what it's like to like just eat real food. It's all, it's just about that. And that's what I feel like. That's, and it shouldn't maybe be called a cleanse because it has that connotation of potential Yeah, starvation. I always think of it as like, you know, I hear someone's on a cleanse. It seems like they're, you know, they're, they always have that look like they're starving. <laughs> they're starving. And they're like, I can just have this little, right. you know, green juice And here. that's it. Yeah. I can't like veer off of it. And yeah. they're hangry. Right? Yeah. They're like, yeah, it's not good. No, you want to fill people up with good, nurturing, nourishing food. That the body knows how to digest and metabolize. Well, here, here's a question: uh, If the, you know, if someone is looking to explore this, you know, just just like they're not even at the the cleanse stage, but they're just going like, oh, 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 we want to make a change in the household. Do you kind of suggest like, okay, go through your cupboards, get rid of, you know, X, Y, and Z, get it out of the house so it's not even there to tempt you, and then. Start with this, this, and this. These are the basics, and you kind of build from there. Yes, is that how you kind of guide people? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, yes. I have also a twenty-one day online cleanse that you can download, and it instructs you exactly what you said. It does have mind-body um, connections to it. It has mantras and like a journal that you journal in. But it's it definitely yeah instructs you on like you know these are the things I want out of your diet and out of the house potentially. But it's hard sometimes when you have kids yeah, and like yeah. other partners who eat differently. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, this is the stuff that you're going to fill up with. And these are all the recipes for three weeks. Easy, easy recipes that you can do to like eat this way. Um, and it's it's amazing when people you know commit just to it commit to it and like see that's what I would think with kids it's like you're, you're that's going to be the battle you're going to have but maybe you just have that battle and yeah it's and hard. then you kind of shift the whole the whole course of it yeah it and it's hard it's hard with kids it's yeah. you know that is def definitely I mean they're not usually going to be wanting to eat this way unless you've started them out early and yeah. you know you've been cooking and doing this but. Um, I know that my girls, you know, fought me the whole, like, for years. Really? So now, of course, they're and older. And now they're on the program. <laughs> now yeah. they're great. Yeah. But, and they still aren't so great. I mean, you know, they, and also, I'm not great. Like, yeah. I love to party. Yeah. Um, and I'm a tequila girl being from Arizona. So I just do shots of tequila and I'm happy as could be. So I'm not perfect. And then I also love chips and guacamole and, yeah. you know, pizza and pasta and cheese platters but yeah. 80% of the time I try not to do you, that yeah and then I just have fun yeah. on those well that goes back to the mind thing which is you know if, if you're if you're so strict with this it becomes yet another one of those 
those things that's holding you back yeah. or causing you anxiety, I guess. If you if you're now beating yourself for, you know, having the chips and guacamole. Right. You know. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that either. Because you know? <laughs> tomorrow's so. a new day, yeah. And you just yeah. you'll hopefully jump back on the bandwagon or, you know, at some point you just yeah, you have to like have fun. You have to be flexible. Yeah. Um, this it's crazy out there right now because there's vegan, there's paleo, there's keto, right? There's all these different like diet modalities. People are not knowing what the hell to do. Yeah. Like what's gonna work for me? Um, and I love just, you know, being flexible about it. You can't eat beans and legumes so they have lectins or can't have nightshades, you can't have soy. Like it's or with thyroid stuff, you can't have cruciferous veggies. They're like the healthiest veggies out there. Yeah. Um, so you think it depends on the the individual. Yes. Like some people will respond to the paleo, and some people totally are vegan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember reading that book, Paleo Solution, a, a long time ago, and he said that he was vegan for a while, and he's like, I was withering away and felt terrible, and then he. He went paleo, and that he was the best great. thing for him. But yeah. I'm sure for every one of him, there's the opposite. Yeah. So I guess so it's yeah. almost like a trial and error right. a little bit and see how you feel. And just not cut anything out of the diet unless, you know, unless it's the bad stuff or unless, like, you eat it and you don't feel good. Yeah. You know, if you, like— or you're just disgusted with meat or those kind of, you know, those kind of things. But if you don't, like some people with beans and legumes and they get really bloated. Um, and sometimes that's hard. So, um, you know, that may, doesn't make you feel good. Then you don't eat those or, yeah. or, you know, you can soak them and sprout them and then they're easier to digest. But yeah, it's just like, I think that don't cut, you know, don't go strict on like a regimen. It's hard to maintain. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to like mix it up and you have to get different food groups in. And there was a reason why these foods are around. Yeah. Well, when, yeah, I'm going to let you go. We're a little over an hour. I don't want to keep oh, you God. the entire day. But um, uh, I guess it, one of the one thing that I wanted to talk about, just to bring it full circle, and we've kind of discussed it, um, but just, you know, when you had the... It, it sounds like you're thriving right now, and you. But you had the major setback at 32. You had the other major setback, losing your husband. Did you did you have days where you felt like, you know, I can't get out of bed, I can't put one foot in front of the other, and and if so, or maybe you never had that. If if so, how did you? Um, and you talked about it a little bit before about getting into your body, but how did you find the strength to go on? Or is there any advice you can give to listeners that are maybe in a similar situation right now and thinking like, you, you know, why me? Or I, this, I, I can't overcome this. It sounds like, you you know, you were in a pretty bad situation and you somehow found your way out. What What advice would you give those people? Yeah, well... First of all, I had many, many, many days of not wanting to get out of bed, um, not wanting to leave the house um, it, throughout my life. Like, I think with the insecurities I had, anxiety I had, you know, self-worth stuff that we talked about, low self-love for myself, like many days. But I just, you know, my it was really my parents were like, you know, you got to just keep moving. So I had a lot of dark times in my life. Um 
And, but I, I think that, like I was saying earlier, there was a, there was definitely some gut instinct in there, like, okay, it has to be better. It has to be better. Tomorrow is going to be better. So, you know, eventually it did get better. Um, but I just never wanted to give up on life personally. I, um, and then when the husband died and I had two girls at home who had two parents who had cancer, I was like, holy shit. Like, I can't give up on these girls. And um, they're going to think they're going to get cancer. So what do I do to, you know, I just kind of, this whole nutrition thing was really bizarre that I landed in because I really went back to school to help them and me so that we could deal with our trauma and our PTSD and also be healthy. I never thought I'd be a nutritionist. That wasn't what I was aiming for. So I think that, um, I, I think that, you know, how my instincts and gut just like led me down a path of, you know, I have to help these girls first and foremost and myself. And then that just led me to the opportunity to help others. So I think the advice is, you know, just don't ever give up. I mean, life can be better and you are meant to thrive. And these illnesses are not your destiny, like these cancer and autoimmune. It's not your destiny. Um, you know, the genetics of things like they talk about is only 10%. Lifestyle is 90%, give or take. You know, you can change it. You have control over your life, even when you don't think so. I mean, most of my life, I didn't think I had control over, but you do. You do. It's like your actions and your thought patterns. And, you know, it's just like moving one foot in front of the other and just trying to figure out, you know, your support team and what what actually, you know, people who lift you up and make you feel good um, and really make you feel like you are worthy and you, you know, are here to do good things in the world are also, it's also important. But I just think it's, it's, and also if you're just a loner and, but it's, it's like going back to, it's a beautiful thing that, you know, we are, we're on this earth for a reason to really give back to ourselves and to do good for others. And I think that I just, the opportunity of, you know, never be, never give, have that attitude of never giving up and like these anxiety, depression, all these illnesses that we have, you know, it's just, we're not, it's not supposed to happen. It's, it's not supposed to be the case and you can get through it. There are ways to like get you get through it. So, I mean, I'm a big believer. I mean, a lot of times I know that my family like rolls their eyes at me because I'm always like, we, we can change this. I know we can. <laughs> um, they're like, yeah, right. <laughs> I just, I don't know, just going through it myself all these years and feeling so crappy and 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 yeah. just being able to get to see what it's like on the other side. Like, I didn't know. I never knew what it was And like. now that you know, you'll never go back. Never go back. Yeah. And just to hope, I want that for people. Like, I know that people can get there. And it's, and it's as simple as, you know, somebody being a really strong support system for that person. It could be one person that that person reaches out to that really supports them. Yeah. Um, and for me, the energy healing was was like, I had a therapist that was amazing for 13 years, like amazing. And then then I went into, after my husband died, I saw this healer for a lot of years and she changed my life. Like she was, she would just say, you know, like that whole self-esteem, self-worth thing, like what the hell's going on there, girl? You know, <laughs> like this isn't working for you. Um, and yeah. for some reason we were able to like, you know, I was able to work through it and get to that other side and really get back in touch with 
the true essence of myself. Yeah. And I think any, I think it's possible for anybody. That's awesome. Thank you very much for being here. You <laughs> Thank really, you for having me. Yeah, it was you're, fun. <laughs> you're incredible. Thanks again for listening to 10,000 No's. If you haven't subscribed to us yet, please do. So each week's episode is automatically downloaded to your computer or phone. And if you like what you heard, please help us get the word out by sharing it with your friends and family. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Thanks.